going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Every so often I'll get an email or a message on social media saying, hey, have you heard this story? And I love those messages. So if you want to, head on over to social media and drop me a line. Recently, I got an email from Marie Aiken saying that she had this gent staying with her and her family who had an inspirational tale to tell. After a couple of emails back and forth, we finally managed to get together and have a conversation. His name is Felipe Massetti. He's going from Fairbanks, Alaska to Calgary over the next couple of years on horseback. This isn't the first time that he's done this long-distance kind of trek. In fact, he wants to go from one end of North America to the other. This is a special edition of the Calgary Today podcast where we play the entire interview. In our chat, he tells us his story, gives us a little bit of background, and also what's to come in the next couple of years. Felipe, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks for the opportunity to uh, tell a bit of my story to your listeners. This is a fantastic one in terms of I never would have thought in a million years that you'd had somebody from Brazil trying to ride horseback between Fairbanks, Alaska and Calgary. Where did this idea originate from? So it all started with a book. Uh, my dad used to read me Chifley's Ride when I was just a little boy. It's the story of Vane Chifley, a Swiss school teacher who, in 1925, saddled two horses in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and rode all the way to New York City in the United States. It's an epic tale. And uh, I'm from a cowboy family, so my father used to wear cowboy hat and spurs, and I was always on my little horses in the ranch in Brazil, just imagining what it would be like to cross all those countries on horseback. You flash forward to uh, 2012, I had just graduated from journalism at Ryerson University in Toronto. I ended up uh, studying journalism here in Canada, and the dream turned into a project. I I got everything I needed, and I rode out of the Calgary Stampede July 8, 2012, and I rode from Calgary all the way to Ushuaia, the southernmost point in the Americas, a small uh, island off the coast of Argentina on the tip of South America, and now... I have 4,000 kilometers left to finish off the Americas from north to south. And as you said, it will be from Fairbanks to Calgary. That's an incredible story. Why this year? Did all the stars just align? Or what kind of led you to this point where you're getting ready to saddle up again? So it was just, uh, I finished the first trip. It's been three legs. The first leg from Canada to Brazil took me 803 days across across 10 nations, 16,000 kilometers I stopped for a year, wrote my book on that first journey. It's called Long Ride Home. Uh, You can find it on Amazon. It became a number one bestseller. And then I went on the second leg, which was from Brazil to Ushuaia. That took one year and three months, 7,500 kilometers through three countries. Took a year off again. uh, Just finished writing my second book. Uh, It will be released when I arrive in Calgary in 2020. And uh, now is the time, you know, winter is just finishing. I've been planning for a year now. Uh, strategic planning is life or death for me. It's extremely important. I've been talking to people out uh, in Alaska, in the Yukon, here in Calgary, getting everything I needed. I'm going to be riding uh, two Mustangs from the Penticton Indian Band out in British Columbia, which I'm really excited about. So 
been getting everything ready, and uh, now is the time to uh, jump into the saddle and ride off into the unknown. You mentioned the planning aspect of it, and I'm curious, was there a motivational factor behind it? Are you trying to do this for charity? Are you doing for this for awareness, or is this just for something where you can say, hey, this is something that I did at some point, and I've got a story to tell now? For sure. You know, it all started with a dream, you know, a childhood dream that I wanted to live. And when I told people about it before I left Calgary, when I was, you know, a broke journalism student, I didn't have a horseshoe to do this with. Uh, When I was trying to get the sponsorship, people called me crazy. They said it was impossible that I was going to die. So the first reason why I do this is to show people that if you have a dream, if you have something you want to do with your life, it may seem like the most impossible thing in the world. If you want it with your heart, with your soul, with your everything, nothing is impossible. Uh, the second reason is I want to inspire people to live a more natural way of life, to reconnect with our nature, you know, to feel the rain, uh, to feel the sun, to camp out, get to know our natural world, this cowboy heritage that I have that my father passed down to me and I see uh, that we are losing in the 21st century is very important for me. And the final reason why, why I ride is to raise money uh, for a children's cancer hospital in Brazil. Uh, they need uh, $7 million monthly to keep the doors open. They don't charge anything for the kids they're treating. So uh, I raise funds for them during my journey. That is a wicked way of doing things for sure. Uh, during your first couple of legs here, what did you learn through those legs? Uh, I learned that uh, my limit was much further than I ever imagined. I learned that my love for the horse was much stronger and that the horse, uh, through uh, these experiences, made me a better human being. Uh, I learned that mankind is amazing. People are good. Every day I needed help, and every day there was one, two, three, or ten angels to help me. I'm going to share just a, a short story here. I was in Guatemala, uh, knocked on the shack of a family, asked if I could sleep at their house, very small house, uh, and they allowed me. And that night, they butchered the only chicken they had uh, to feed me. And that's the kind of hospitality I, I uh, experienced through the 803 days I spent uh, traveling uh, through the Americas. I think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways, is what's inspiring you through this whole process or when things get tough or when you're, you're going through and you're going, this has been a long day. So this is something I do a lot of motivational speaking and this is something I end my talk with. Uh, and I want to ask your listeners right now, and this is what keeps me going uh, during those hard days. People ask me, do you ever think about quitting? I think about quitting all the time. I, I saw people shot dead in Central America. I witnessed a man trying to kill his wife had to stay in the home of a drug lord, met with a grizzly bear in Montana, faced winds of 120 kilometers an hour in Patagonia, cold of minus 16, snow. So what keeps Felipe going during those hard days? My dream. The first journey, it was my lifelong dream to ride from Canada to Brazil. And then after, it became my dream to help this hospital. So I want to ask your listeners right now, do you know what your dream is? Because that's what's going to make you give 120% on those hard days. You need to know what it is and work towards a plan, a strategy. That's all important to find out how you're going to get there. But you need to be able to answer that question. What is my dream? Because that's what's going to push you when the tough gets hard.
When it comes to the idea of being able to um, inspire people, what does it mean to you to have uh, not only the backing of people around you, but even those of complete strangers or even the friends that you have accumulated on these treks? And I know the the person that reached out to me to tell say, hey, I, I'm, this guy's actually staying with me right now. Uh, it's r- rather incredible that you've got all these allies along the way. So what does it mean to you to have that backing? Oh, it means so much, man. It means so much, you know, like over and over again, uh, I'm shown that humanity is wonderful and uh, your fellow human is is beautiful and and strangers or friends you haven't met. Exactly what you said. Marie Aiken is a uh, nurse uh, who lives just south of Calgary. She saw me on the side of the road camping when I left Calgary, never spoke to me, but later on uh, saw a story, started following me on Facebook. We became, you know, Facebook friends ever since I left. Last year, I released my book here in Calgary. She invited me out uh, for dinner. I met her and her family for the first time. And for this journey, she's given me a tremendous support along with her husband. They've lent me a truck. Um, Their truck just lent it to me. Uh, so I could use it as a support vehicle during this journey because we're going to be facing, you know, bears out there, the largest population of grizzly bears uh, in Alaska, a lack of food uh, for the horses, so we're probably going to have to carry hay and grain. Uh, so this complete stranger who is now, you know, like my Canadian mother, um, is lent me a truck along with her husband, and that's the most beautiful part about this journey is that people will come together to help you. You know, you may not have nothing, but that's okay because angels will come into your life and to offer you what they ha- what they have in order to help you get to your dream. Along your travels, have you come across anything that you went, man, I never thought that would ever happen? Oh, man, every day. <laughs> uh, every day. The, like, kind of touched upon it, but this is a funny, not a funny, but an interesting story. In Central America, uh, I stayed in the home of a drug lord for three days, uh, entering the mountains of Honduras. Uh, this man had a petting zoo in his house. He had a, a table that was the exact replica of uh, Jesus' last meal. Uh, everyone was armed with AK-47s, children as young as nine years old, carrying weapons. And uh, I entered a episode of Narcos and lived through Televoted, and this guy fell in love with me. Uh, he didn't want me to leave his house. He wanted to give me presents. Uh, so that's the beauty of riding off into the unknown. Every day is, a, is an adventure. You learn that the horse is a universal language that's open so many different doors for me. And as a journalist, it's given me a wealth of information, knowledge, uh, and stories to tell. It's got to be interesting from that standpoint is going through the different sectors of even just within a country, let alone across North America that way, is getting to see how different North Americans are living their lives day to day. 100%, man, 100%. That's the most, you know, uh, another real special part about this journey is that traveling on horseback you're traveling at four kilometers an hour. You can only ride 30 kilometers a day. Uh, you have complete silence around you. You have no engine. And on horseback, you're more elevated. With horses, you need more help. You need to find water for them, feed, a place to stay. Uh, so it's such a beautiful manner to travel. Uh, you find out that every 200 kilometers, the birds, uh, their singing changes, the vegetation changes, the way people live, like you said. And I... Because I traveled on horseback, I didn't stay in hotels, motels. I stayed inside people's homes. And that's been the most rewarding part of this entire journey is to, you know, break bread with the immigrants who are walking from Central America up to the United States, uh, to eat in the home of a prostitute, uh, a drug lord, a politician, sometimes people who had everything and others who had nothing, and learn from them and see how they live in all these different nations. 
I know a lot of people, they almost love the sound of noise, whether it's having the radio playing or something going on in the background, that kind of thing. When you're on horseback, do you actually have your ears open to everything? I think you said you heard birds chirping, but you know, do you have an iPod loaded up with stuff or are you completely at it with nature? Yeah, I just completed out of with nature. Never had an iPod, never had music, first of all, because I usually have nowhere to charge it. Uh, <laughs> secondly, because you got it's it's very dangerous. Like you gotta be on top of your horses, whether you know, you're riding next to a uh to a precipice or whether you're riding next to busy roads with transport trucks traveling at, you know, hundred and twenty kilometers an hour. Uh you literally need to be uh, on top of your horses all the time. So uh you can't uh, people ask me all the time, you know, were you listening to your iPod and just, you know, enjoying life? No, I was I was listening to my surroundings, make sure there was no grizzly bears, make sure I was away from from the uh, from the trucks, and 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 once again, I wanted to be immersed in nature. You know, I wanted to hear the birds, I wanted to hear the creeks, uh, I wanted to to be out there and experiencing experiencing this ride as much as possible. How important is it to be at one with your horse, especially when you're going to be going for that long of a trek? Uh, it's so important because uh, your horses are. Uh, they become an extension of your body, quite literally, you know. You need to trust them. As an example, uh, in Montana, my horses, we were riding really early in the morning, northern Montana, and all of a sudden they just stopped. Didn't want to keep going. They started getting nervous, and I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, come on, boys, let's go, let's go. And all of a sudden a grizzly uh, came charging out of the forest, uh, ran right by us in front of us, kept going, thankfully. But the horses saved my life at that moment because they smelled that grizzly, uh, wait before I saw it. So uh, it's extremely important to be in tune with your animals. For those who are listening to this and wondering, you know, what should I be taking away from this? What's one lesson that you'd love for them to take away? Uh, one lesson I think is just that I get I get shown over and over again that life is really short and uh, this tremendous opportunity we've been given uh, can go away really quickly. So instead of uh, creating a storm out of out of the small things, you know, complaining about the small problems in your life. Um, be aware every day that just by opening your eyes and having your health is a tremendous opportunity. And uh, don't let that pass you by. Like I said before, find out what your dream is. You know, it's never too late and dreams come, come in all different sizes. So find out what your dream is. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you came on the search? to do and make sure you're working towards doing that every single day. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take, you know, a lot of planning, a lot of hard work, but in the end, it's so worth it. Felipe, I do appreciate the time and the energy that you're putting into this. It's, it's such a, it's inspiring to listen to the story and the energy that you got behind it. Thanks for sharing a little bit of it with us. No, thank you so much for having me on the air. Over the next couple of days, Felipe is going to be heading out to Penticton to go meet up with his horses. Then they're going to drive all the way to Fairbanks. And on May 15th is the planned date for when they will start their trek down to Calgary, where they'll be arriving back here in July of 2020. Thanks so much for listening to the Calgary Today podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, and tune in. When you do, don't forget to write the show and leave a comment. Until next time, my friends.